On this episode of the podcast, I have with me Kendra Rosette McCormick. She is the manager of infrastructure engineering at HealthEdge. We're going to be talking about women in technology. And Kendra's got a really interesting upbringing. And, and we're going to talk about how that impacted her and her career and kind of what she's seen through her journey. Has a you know a little bit of an atypical background, but uh, great accomplishments. I'm excited to have her on to talk about this. Kendra, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Just to set the context for all the listeners here, give us a little bit of uh, insight in terms of you know what your role is and what Health Edge does, and we'll dive in from there. Sure. So Health Edge is a healthcare software hosting provider. We have several products that we have developed ourselves and sell to our customers and host in our private cloud infrastructure. So I manage the team of about nine people that manages the infrastructure that serves that product to our customers. Awesome. I guess the topic of the day is talking about women in tech. And I know we wanted to do it in March because obviously this is a relevant time of the month about uh, women's history. Let's kind of start off at the top, right? So in terms of technology, I, I you know, we'll, we'll post your LinkedIn in the show notes so people can go look at it. But you have an atypical background. Like you don't come into this with, uh, you know, like a technical degree or whatnot. Maybe you could take us back and, you know, give us a little bit of an overview of, you know, how that started for you. Sure. Yeah. So like you said, I, I come from an arts background, actually. I have two liberal arts degrees, one in global studies with a double minor in anthropology and Latin American studies and a master's in organizational leadership. I've always sort of had a natural aptitude and interest in technology, but when I was making choices to pursue my education, the most common tract was programming. And I, I knew I did not want to be a programmer. I wanted to do something that interacted with people on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, I grew up with a father who was a technology leader and any day I was not in school, I was generally at his office. So I was exposed from a very young age to data centers and software diagrams one of the first things I learned to read was a computer manual at home. And so being around technology was just something that I grew up doing. I didn't really know any different. So as I went through my education, I pursued those skills. At college, I worked in the student competing group. And then after graduation, I kind of got an entry-level position at an ISP, providing customer service tech support. And that's where I really got to see how I loved combining those technical interests with my skill in the arts, you know, communicating, writing, speaking to people, understanding people was something that was always of interest to me. So as I've developed my career, I think I've pursued positions and companies that allowed me to combine those two things. But it's not a very common combination. And I think that's where I've drawn a lot of success is not only do I understand technology, I can speak about that technology in a way that people can understand. And that's different. You know, it's interesting. I think there's a, a having hard skills is obviously really important, right? And technology is kind of difficult not to. But I think there is a very, you know, important, you know, point to make here where there is a lane for people that can be that go between translate the technical to the business, which has always been there. But I think it's something that's uh, quite often overlooked. So it's interesting with your liberal arts background, communication skills, obviously all of that's come into play. But when you go back to, you know, you mentioned your father, he was in technology, obviously, it sounds like an impact was made. When you're looking back, like you're talking about, you know, spending time and obviously being around technology, that early exposure, maybe go into a little bit more detail, you know, like, did something pique your interest early on? Was it just, you know, hanging around with your father? You're just kind of, you know, osmosis at that point? 
think a little bit of both, but I think primarily I enjoy the problem solving of technology, figuring out problems from many different angles and finding a solution for that and then communicating that solution. I do think that the combination of arts with technology is kind of the next phase for the industry, for sure. In particular, when we talk about involving women more. So I think one of the things that was very impactful to me as a child being around technology was that there was nobody shying me away from it, right? So technology was just, it was in the world and it was something that I could do and I could be comfortable with. And my father encouraged that. I don't think a lot of women have that as they're growing up. They don't have somebody encouraging them to look in those areas. They don't have role models that they can look to and see that women are in technology. There's a space for women in technology. So I think we need more of that. And I think the combination of arts and technology, I think we'll see continue to grow. And that will really open up a lot of doors for women that have backgrounds like mine, that have pursued liberal arts backgrounds, but have practiced technology skills and can now combine those in ways that the industry, particularly engineering, I think, is really going to demand. What area of technology was your father in? For a long time, he was a software guy, software development guy. And then he went into QA. He was vice president of quality assurance for a software company for a long time when I was in like middle school, high school. So I got to see a lot of different areas of technology through him. Interesting. Did you feel like you could belong more within technology? Did that make you feel like you were more comfortable, that you weren't an outsider to being a part of a technology, the technology group? Personally, I did. My experience wasn't always that. You know, a lot of my background is in public sector. And it was very difficult to find the space as a female, not just a female, but a young female at the time in technology. I had to learn to be underestimated. And I learned that being underestimated because I was young and female in technology was an opportunity. It wasn't a roadblock. It was my opportunity to surprise people. And when you're surprised, you listen, right? You shut up and you listen. And that was my way of getting people's attention and using it as an opportunity to shine, you know, not to be shied away. And that was a mindset I had to develop to overcome, you know, people's attitudes towards women in technology. And it's something that I I try to share a lot with others because I think it's a tool. A lot of people, a lot of women see being underestimated as a failure and it's not, it's an opportunity to really take that and blow people away to make them listen. I guess when you're looking back at the public sector, I I don't have a lot of insights. I'd love to hear from you, but how how common would a female or, you know, I guess we'll start with female be within a leadership position? In the technology field, I saw almost none. I think in Massachusetts where I was working, I was one of the very, very few that was a leader in technology. And I had to fight very hard to be there. I had to fight and work much harder than the men that I worked around in order to get promoted and make an impact. And that's something I want to change. I want to be, you know, that role model or that example for other women in my role that they can see that people do it and there's opportunities there to fill that space. I think when we were talking on our pre-call, I was mentioning I've had some a number of female data scientists leaders on. And I think the conversation always goes to you know, data science seems to be a growing field for females and maybe you're not seeing that in other areas, especially like within infrastructure. I mean, you're within infrastructure, so we can talk about your area. And I think we were talking, or I was mentioning to you, I kind of felt, you know, maybe as more females are going into data science, 
there's a feeling of inclusivity. You obviously, you know, when you're the public sector, I mean, you were one of a few, and obviously even now within the infrastructure side, I mean, what has to, like, I mean, the, a question of what has to change is too big, but is it that, you know, just females or girls at a younger age aren't being introduced to, like, infrastructure could be a career path? Is it just viewed as a, maybe it's, you know, male-dominated and, you know, that sense of inclusion is not there to even maybe go down the path to examine it? I think early exposure is really key for STEM for women. It allows the girls to imagine themselves in those roles to use those parts of their brain to figure out what they're interested in and what they're good at. And it introduces them to that before those gender norms or stereotypes are learned, right? And not just for the women, but the boys also, right? So if we're introducing girls to STEM early and the boys see that as well, then they grow up understanding that women are in technology and are just as good as technology as me. So as they get older, it's no big deal, right? It's much more accepted. So I think from both sides, it's really important for that early exposure. And then finding companies that really accept that level of inclusivity. Like one of the reasons why I went to Health Edge is because their culture really thrives on diversity and inclusivity. I think Health Edge is a little bit better than average on gender diversity, but they are better than average and they're committed to continuing to be better than average and hiring people for their skills, no matter their gender, no matter their race, no matter their background really getting to know them as people. And I think as companies like that, that make those choices become successful, other companies will see that and realize that that's truly a key to their success. Absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting when you mentioned, you know, the early exposure to STEM. I always reference a story of taking my daughter to Target and uh, going down the Lego aisle. Actually, you can go down multiple aisles, but if you go down the Lego aisle, you can clearly see on the left-hand side in our Target is all boy-related Legos and on the right that they're all girl related. And it's it's quite obvious. It's, you know, if you walk down, you'll see that it's it's all Star Wars and Harry Potter on one side and it's all, you know, Lego friends and Disney princesses on the other. And you're like, it's kind of weird because you're like, if you had intermixed them, maybe you see something that attracts the attention, but it's so clearly done that, you know, when you're talking about the early aspect of it, there's so many things fighting against you sometimes that you have to kind of overcome just the old structure of things, it seems. Yes. And I think we're starting to see some change in that. And like I said, I feel like particularly the engineering industry will start to embrace arts skills and those softer skills as a huge asset combined with those technical skills. So I think we need to expose that early in terms of toys as well. Like you were saying, there should not be gender for the toys. Girls can play which with whatever toys. Actually, I grew up playing with um, Ninja Turtles. That's awesome. And Legos, you know? I guess I had very little awareness of gender norms growing up. And I think that's because I was one of three daughters and my father encouraged us to never let anybody tell us we couldn't do something because we were a female. So I don't think I was ever really aware that those differences happened until I you know, graduated and, and pursued a career where I really saw those differences. So I think growing up with that mindset was a huge deal for me also. I think that's interesting because I think that early influence is so big. I mean, especially since your father was in the industry, you you got that early exposure, as you mentioned, big help. If you're kind of looking, I guess, from your purview now as, as a manager, and you've been in technology for a long time, if you were looking at someone coming out of college, and it could be a female, it could be somebody, it could be a male, it could be a diversity person, it could be anybody, right? And let's say they just did pursue a technology path in college, and they may not even be aware, right? And it's one of those where 
if you're not even aware that there could be a career, like, you know, QA is a path that might not be as technical as a software engineering or like a DevOps role or something like that, but yet it can leverage a lot of skills and be challenging. Like, where do we start to have people be aware of those options exist when sometimes they don't even know about the options that could be there within technology? Yeah, I think that's where mentorship becomes really important. You know, women that are technology leaders or industry leaders of whatever industry, reaching back and being an example to girls in the secondary education space, in the primary education space, just demonstrating the opportunities to pursue and the different areas that they can pursue. And for me, once I entered, you know, the career phase of my life, I think the best advice I would have for others in that time is take the work that nobody wants to do. That's where I've learned the most about what I'm interested in and been able to have the biggest impact in all of my different roles is finding the work that nobody wants to do and doing it and doing it well. And you learn so much about yourself and other people learn so much about you and women in technology, understanding what they can do. I like that. I haven't, I don't think I've heard that response uh, when it comes to that, where, you know, look for the work that no one wants to do, obviously the lower barrier to get into that space. Cause obviously uh, <laughs> people are pushing it off. And obviously if you excel, you can draw some attention to yourself. Exactly. When you're looking at, you know, that mindset and you're kind of looking back, you know, I think you mentioned your father always said, you know, don't let people limit you. It sounds like that really has gone hand in hand. Obviously, you have a desire of what you're doing within technology. You know, you have Legos. I mean, those are all good signs that you like to you know, build and that kind of stuff. But it really sounds like you have this specific mindset that you're trying to always just, you know, level up. You're trying to overcome a hurdle, a barrier. It doesn't sound like you quit very easily. I think that's a very instrumental trait, honestly, especially in technology. For sure. Yeah. And some of that was developed, you know, through trying to break barriers as a young woman in technology. Like I said, I had to work harder. I had to work faster. I had to do the work that nobody wanted to do. And so that just became part of my psyche. It became very successful for me because it it gets people to notice, right? It draws their attention to your skills and your value, not just in the technical area, but in the arts area as well. And your ability to combine those. Do you think if you would have had a technical degree? I'm always I'm curious because obviously you didn't have a technical degree coming out. Do you think looking back, having the arts degree, obviously you're very good at the communication side, would that have given you a different type of advantage? Or I mean, I'm pretty sure you're pretty happy with the outcome now, but curious like yeah, how instrumentally maybe that a technical degree could have been to you? That's a really interesting question. And I think I wouldn't have developed the mindset that I do and the drive that I do because perhaps some of those barriers would have been lower or would have been later in my career. And I wouldn't have had to develop this grit and this resiliency to overcome. So I think it's really given me that basis to move forward and utilize that mindset that I may not have developed if I came out with a technical degree. I could see that. That could easily be, uh, I think you're, you know, the way you push yourself, you know, underestimating, uh, it kind of drives you to prove people wrong. Uh, obviously with the technical degree, people would assume you belong and, uh, Maybe you don't look for the work that nobody wants to do, right? And all of a sudden, that's just a different path. But it's interesting because I think you were exposed early, but I think your personality traits are like a very unique combination of, you know, kind of desire, but also that drive, which I think a lot of times, you know, kicks in when there's some passion behind it. And I was going to ask you about, you know, that because in your case, 
you saw it growing up, but that passion for technology sounds like it was kind of sparked within you early. Like if you're somebody who's getting exposed later in career to find that spark in technology, is it more of, you know, you mentioned mentorship, but, you know, talk to a lot of different people, kind of, you know, go down the one rabbit hole and see if you find something deeper. Is there like an area that you, like a way you'd kind of approach it? I would say don't dive too deep in one area. Try a little bit of everything. Where I've found a lot of success is being exposed to as much as possible so I can speak to them as much as possible and how things interact with one another. I think that's a problem with sometimes with a technical degree is you get so deep down into one area, whether that's programming or, you know, math or, you know, whatever the area might be. And you don't get the exposure and the education in the other areas and you become much less flexible and much less dynamic. And it's harder to apply yourself to different industries or different companies when you do that. So I would say just expose yourself to as much as possible. Look at every opportunity that's available and not just technical opportunities. You know, you can dive into a non-technical area, but bring your technical expertise and draw attention to new things that they may not have thought of otherwise. Awesome. I think um, you definitely have achieved quite a bit and We'll definitely be connected, see how how things progress for you. And uh, hopefully, I know you want to give back. I'm sure people will listen to this and hopefully reach out with any questions. And I mentioned, we'll put your LinkedIn profile in the, in the show notes. Is that a good place for people to reach out to not just learn more about you, but actually to kind of get in communication with you? Absolutely. And I share a lot of the different groups that I'm a part of to promote women in technology and girls in technology. And I share a lot of that content as well. So if that's of interest to people, it's a good place to find that. Awesome. We'll definitely make sure that's all there. And if anyone wants to know more or learn more about what uh, you know Kendra's been talking about, please feel free to connect with her. I think she has a lot to share. And uh, Kendra, thanks for being on the podcast and, and kind of giving your uh, insights in terms of your career trajectory and kind of your background. It's been awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Absolutely. And that is going to wrap up this episode. We'll be back again, hopefully different guests, different topic. Until then, I always ask for two things. One is uh, keep sharing the podcast. The subscriptions are creeping up and it's exciting just to watch it go up. Hopefully people are finding value in the content. And secondly, if you have a topic or something you want me to talk about, connect on LinkedIn, uh, send me a message, and I will try my best to find someone to speak to that topic. Until then, thanks. Thanks. 